This is Marion Ross, Mrs. C from Happy Days. I wish you all happy days, and I especially know, dear, I want you especially to just sit on it. And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guest today is Marion Ross. Marion played one of the most beloved TV moms in history, Mrs. C, Marion Cunningham, on Happy Days. She recently released her memoirs, My Days, Happy and Otherwise. I listened to the audiobook, it's really, really great. Each of her surviving Happy Days cast members each get a chapter. Her two kids each get a chapter, and even her personal assistant gets a chapter, which I found that story to be very heartwarming. We talk about it during the interview. Marion had a really, really interesting career pre-Happy Days. We talk about how she got the role of Mrs. C, and she worked after Happy Days as well. Some great roles, even voiced SpongeBob's grandma, so she touched a whole new generation there. Marion is such a sweetheart, and I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation I had with Marion. And helping me relive my youth today is Marion Ross. Marion, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, I love talking to all of you children, you know? Yeah, it's great. And you basically were one of the best TV moms ever. Um, your memoirs just came out, My Days, Happy, and Otherwise. I listened to the audio version of it, and it was fantastic. Just hearing your voice, just tell your story. And you also had cast members from Happy Days. You had both your children, Gary Marshall. And even, which I really loved probably the most, was the story of your personal assistant. Um, so let's start. Oh, how nice. Yeah. I like that, huh? Yeah. Oh, you especially liked the story of my personal assistant. She's here this morning. <laughs> yeah, it, it was such a great story how you two met and how there really wasn't any job interview. You just kind of, like, touched her face. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. So after all these years, why do you decide now to uh, share your story? Well, I didn't decide this at all, at all. It was not my idea. My son, Jim Meskimen, who is a wonderful actor, came to me with this writer, David Laurel. He said, come on, mother, we're... Definitely, and it was just, it's like your story was like really amazing. Uh, even when you were younger, you wanted to get uh, seek attention as a young girl. Was that really how you decided to become an actress? Well, and I think because of the fact that my brother, who was only like sixteen months younger than me, was a crippled boy, so 
and I was the middle little girl. I was the middle child. It's something, uh, if you're the middle, are you a middle child? No, I'm an only child. You're an only child. Well, sometimes a middle child has a lot of drive inside because uh, we don't get a lot of attention, you know? And because I had a crippled brother, uh, I really had to step back, you know, and be, uh, uh, and all the attention went to him. So I think that's what gave me such a drive. Right, and your and your brother became an actor as well. He did want to. Be, he did decide to become an actor, and he did very nicely. And he made good use of the fact he had he had a bad leg. And when, by the time he reached adolescence, it was not, the bone there was not good. And they said, we're going to take that, the lower part of your leg off below the knee. So, uh, by God, he had to go through all of that. But he made good use of it as an actor. Right. He he would carry a, a wooden leg in his trunk of his car. <laughs> <laughs> One time, the police pulled him over. They said, "Get out of the car! Get out of the car!" He said, "Well, first I got to go and get my leg, you know, in the <laughs> trunk." <laughs> so he had he had a lot of fun with that leg. I'll tell you. Right. It's good. So that you it can tell. You can tell that. That I had good parents. They, I could handle all these difficulties. And my mother was a Canadian. Okay. So I always say that my mother was an immigrant, Irish Canadian, right. from Saskatchewan. But I was really raised on you can be anything, you can be whatever you dream of. Were you raised that way? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I raised my kids that way as well. Oh, that's good. That's good. Because some people were raised just the opposite. They were told you will never amount to anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not really a good thing to raise your kids with that philosophy. Definitely not. You went to Hollywood uh, and you became like a contract girl for Paramount. Now, like, obviously they don't really do that anymore. What, what exactly was a contract actress? Oh, I was a starlet, a starlet. They used to, this was at Paramount Studios. And at that time, this was in 1952, so long ago. But at that time, Hollywood, everything was shot in Hollywood. Now everything is shot on location somewhere. And the studios sit sort of, not empty, but they're used by, you know, television series and so forth. But at that point... At Paramount, when you went into that commissary, C.B. DeMille was there. Uh, all, all the big movie stars were there. James Mason was there. Marlene Dietrich would come swooshing in. Ginger Rogers was there. I mean, it was thrilling because everything was happening on that lot. So that they were hire, they would hire a, a, a bunch of young hopefuls. And we, we were young contracts. We were the, called the Golden Circle. Okay. We were the Golden Circle. <laughs> and, and the only one I can think of, I don't know if you know these names, Mary Murphy was did pretty well. Carolyn Jones did pretty well. Barbara Rush did pretty well. Okay. And so <clears throat> you would have a seven-year contract. Ah, accepting that it had options. Every six months, right. they had the option to drop you. So, uh, uh, anyway, 
I, I lasted a year, and, and I was whew, whew, glad to get out of there when I did because it was pretty fast, pretty, pretty fast company for me. You know? I was a college graduate from San Diego State College, and I, I was a big drama major, and I'd done all the plays at San Diego, but going up to Hollywood was pretty, pretty swift um, competition. Right. And, and you wrote in the book how, like, Hollywood had, had like, a, a pecking order, a professional pecking order, and you just didn't really fit in. No. I, no. I, um, I was very well brought up. I had very high morals. And uh, so that one, one man said to me, uh, come on, I can take you around to parties and things. And, uh, you know, I can help you and uh, make you meet everybody. And I said, well, I, I, I'm married because I had run off and eloped right. my last last year in college. So, so I said, I can't do, do things like that, you know. I said, you have no character. I, I'm married. I can't do things like that. So you can see that I wasn't going to get, get ahead very fast at that rate, you know. Yeah, that was that was before the whole Me Too movement, right? <laughs> well, it always is. You want to? You got a lot of hungry people, in you know, coming to Hollywood, and they want to be somebody, and they're willing to do an awful lot of things. Right. Well, it's good that you actually had you know morals and stood your ground because it worked out for you. Well, in the long run, you yes. see, I often think, do you think I would have become Mrs. C? If I hadn't been like that, that's the way. So it, I was 50 years old by the time I'm becoming Mrs. C. But it really, I'm glad that my, you know, stardom, in a sense, stardom came when I was 50. You know, that was comfortable. Right. And I love the story in the book about when you found out you were pregnant and you were going to film a scene in a submarine, didn't want to go in there. And you confided in, of all people, Cary Grant. Yes, yes. I was doing Operation Petticoat, and we were on location down in the Florida Keys. And and we had, had this submarine. I'm sitting on top of this submarine, and Cary Grant came up and sat down beside me. And I said, you know, I... I, I I was playing this nurse, a Navy nurse. I said, I, I don't think I can, I should go down in the submarine because I'm, I'm two months pregnant. And, oh, he said, you are. You are. And he started to cry. <laughs> there was a, Carrie Grant and I, we had this beautiful moment. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But even before like, Happy Days, you were like, you guest starred in like so many TV shows, but they're all dramas. And like Happy Days was really your first comedic role, correct? But that's true. I was in like I was in the Lone Ranger. I was the fair maiden in the Lone Ranger. Right. And I got to say, I got to say, who was that masked man? <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and I never got to thank him. Right. <laughs> Oh, right, and then like like the Outer Limits, like even like was it Mike Hammer, I believe, and Perry Mason, Ironside. I mean, all these shows. Well, and I was in I was in the movie The Glenn Miller Story, yes, which was really a long time ago, and that was um, Jimmy Stewart and June Allison, and uh, I tell you, I had some 
some wonderful. So one day, one day at lunch, working on the Glenn Miller story, I I didn't have anybody. There was no other actor in my uh, category. So I, I had to go have lunch alone. So I went down to Twentieth Century Fox to the into the big commissary, and sitting at the counter was Louis Armstrong, Cozy Cole, Barney Bagard, all these black guys wow. from Louis Armstrong's band. So I sat with them. And uh, can you believe that? Uh, and, and I got to know Louis Armstrong. He was oh, wow. very nice to me. He was very nice to me. That's, you know? Wow, that's, that's great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But and like even The Fugitive was another great show. All, all these other shows that you, you were in, like it's amazing. Like this massive career that I didn't know about before reading this book. Well, it was fun. It was, and then we did, early on, we did a lot of dry, live, live drama at CBS. Right. I was in Life, I was in Life with Father, which was a series with uh, Leon Ames and Lorene Tuttle, and we did that live. We, and we had an audience out there. We did that live and half of Leon Ames' characterization was, Oh, Vinny, he couldn't think of the lines. He couldn't think of the lines. <laughs> you, you just had to barrel through it and get, get through it. So because I was stage trained, you see, I could, I could do that. Now, a lot of actors are not stage trained at all. So I, I do recommend, please, please, start on the stage because you're going to need that. And and then in the book, I was always always proud of the being in Live Spirit with Sir Noah Coward. You probably don't know who Noah Coward is. Oh, I do you? I, I know who he is. Yeah, good. absolutely. Oh, good. It's just every now and then somebody doesn't. And uh, so that to me, like the, they said, will you come over to Humphrey Bogart's house? And um, we're going to have a little read-through of the script because Mr. Coward has to see you, has to meet you first. Oh, uh, 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 okay. So, like, uh, I go in, into Beverly Hills, and uh, the butler says to me, what do you want to drink? Uh, uh, I, I was like 25 and a, non, and a non-drinker. So I said, um, scotch and water, I said. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was some experience, I tell you. And Claudette Colbert, and played one of the wives. And Lauren Bacall, and Lauren Bacall was wonderful. And Humphrey Bogart wasn't even in it. Okay. <laughs> he was just there. He said, "Oh, thank God!" He said, "I don't have to read today." Everybody was so nervous. Everybody was so nervous. So it's it's been a thrilling uh, career, you know. Yeah. And is it you wore red dresses in all your auditions, right? Uh, yes, I would try to. I would try to. I would try to stand out. I would say, what can I, what can I do? I was always very ambitious. And you know, the other thing I did was it occurred to me that it was all about publicity. Right. Because we used to read the trades. I don't. I don't know if anybody, if we even have the trades anymore. It was a Variety and Hollywood Reporter. And uh, you'd read about all these people. So, God, everybody, you'd, to get a press agent, ah, was a smart move. Because it was about selling 
the product, and I was the product. And and I'm so proud that I was smart enough to figure that out early on. So yeah, uh, definitely. Any any little thing to uh, get ahead, absolutely. Well, it's about it, it, it is about merchandising, you know. And uh, we assume that you have talent. We assume that you're, you know, a marketable entity. But having a press agent as well as an agent, uh, I treated it like a business. Yeah, I mean, it basically is one, right? <laughs> and 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 because of that, I, I've made it last all these years. Because now I'm eighty. I'm now eighty-nine. And I am retired. I am retired. Right. But how um, and you mentioned in the book, like, airport, that little role you had basically oh, yeah. got you the uh, pilot for Happy Days. Yes, it did. Because, oh, my life was, we you know, we hit these bad patches. This was a bad patch. And I, I wasn't even 50 yet, but I thought... Oh, my God. I, so I went to George Seaton, and I said, because I, I, hadn't, I, did another, I had done another picture with him, and I always made friends with everybody. So I went to him, and I said, I'm, I want to be in your movie because I'm getting a divorce. And he said, what do you want, a part or a long part? I said, a long part. And it was, I was just one of the passengers on the plane. I didn't even have lines, and uh, I sat two two rows in front of Helen Hayes. Oh wow! <laughs> but but because because I did that movie, and my friends would say, "How can you take? How can you do that terrible part? How can you <laughs> do that? You know, it's, it's such a step backward." I said, "I have to, I have to," and because of that, I met Sandra Gould who was do, doing the movie just for the fun of it. Right, Mrs. Kravitz and, in uh, Bewitched. She, right, right. So yeah. she had, and I cried every day, so she she had me over for dinner, and she invited this casting woman from Paramount, and the woman said, well, you'd be good for the mother of Richie on this pilot we're doing, uh, Love and the Happy Days. Right. So, so, I mean, so that's, if I hadn't stepped way back and, you know, and eating crow, you know, I would not have met Sandra Gould. I would not have, she would not have had me come for dinner, and I wouldn't have gotten happy days. Yeah. And so, the, so it's kind of a lesson. It's kind of a lesson. Some days you've got to back up way back, and it hurts, but you do it. Right. And, it, it, and But it wasn't even like smooth sailing after that. The first pilot didn't get picked up, and ironically, it was Sandra Gould's husband who played your husband on, on the pilot, correct? Harold Gould yeah. was the first husband, yeah. A really nice man. But they wanted Tom Bosley. But Tom was busy on some other movie or something. So well, then we finally got... They, we, they didn't pick us. They made the pilot, but they didn't pick us up. And then I went down to San Diego to do a play at the Globe Theater. I was doing Summer and Smoke. And... I got a phone call, and they said, oh, you know that um, pilot you made, that, that sold, that, that Happy Days thing. So come home immediately. Get out of that play. So I did. Mm -hmm. yeah, and ironically, it was 
a thanks to American Graffiti with also Ron Howard was in there, and that kind of helped the pilot be remade, correct? Pilot. Oh, yes, right, it did, <clears throat> because Ron Howard really scored with American Graffiti, and, uh, and then, of course, what happened? They hired this actor to play this motorcycle guy, and the font was created. Yeah, and, uh, and Henry Winkler. Henry Winkler walked off with that show in his pocket, right? Yeah, and, and a nice Jewish boy from New York playing an Italian like exactly, tough guy. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. In fact, half of the company was Jewish, I think. Right. Ron Howard and I. Ron Howard and I weren't either. And Gary Marshall was Italian. You know, but everybody else was Jewish. Right. Oh, little Aaron Moran. Little Mor Aaron Moran was Irish, you yeah. know. So, uh, but we, we made a good family, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And you had, you know, a, a third child, uh, an, an older son, Chuck. And actually, he played, Chuck. you had two, uh, two actors played him, and he was written well, actually, off. At, yeah. at, one at one time, we actually had three different sons. Oh, really? Three okay. Different Chucks, yeah. So we used to, we used to have lines like, uh, Tom Bowden would say to me, "If you go upstairs, if you you're going going up to the attic, well, if you see Chuck, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and originally um, Tom Bosley didn't really uh, like you, correct? No, he didn't like me at all. Wasn't that something? And I'm and 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 everybody always likes me. Right. So, God, this was really hard for me. This was really hard for me. Uh, so I had to go to the shrink. I don't know. They, nobody could help me. Uh, so eventually, Tom learned to like me. He learned to like me, and I learned, and I of course learned to like him. Right. But he had, he had just come from Broadway, winning the Tony okay. for Fiorello. Right. And uh, he was a Chicago boy, and he he was pretty big star. And I think he had somebody else in mind to play his wife. Okay. I think. So he got stuck with me. Right. But but we became very very close over the years. You know. That's great because you you wouldn't know it on camera. You do, you guys did such a great no, job. No, you would never you would never sense it. No, not like, at all. Tom would Tom would say to me, "Don't touch me." No. <laughs> oh oh okay. my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, what was like? Some of your favorite like episodes, scenes, shoot, you know. Well, shoot. you know, I think I don't know. I don't know how much of it is in the book, but our softball team yes. was very, very, very important, keeping our cast together. Right. It was a brilliant, a brilliant idea of Gary's. You know. Yeah, it was. Uh, reading about that was, and you, you didn't play at all before that, correct? No, no, but I've always been very athletic. Right. And very strong. Very strong. So. And Erin never played. She didn't want to do that. So I was the only girl. And I have my, in fact, even right up here, upstairs, I have my own bat. It's leaning against the wall, my my bat. And I think it's from Milwaukee. Right. And um, what does it say on the bat? And anyway, it's um, Happy Days, August 1960. Nine, my God, Marion Ross, the Milwaukee Brewers. Okay, ah. it's a Louisville Slugger. Right, the bat is. Yeah. So, in case a burglar makes it up the stairs here, I got him. Good, got him. good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, and Gary Marshall never sent you flowers 
for happy days, but for softball he did, right? <laughs> right. If I if I did well, if I hit well, then I would get he would send me flowers. And I have this collection of, of cards saying, You're the you were you were the baseball player's baseball player. You hit good, you you run good, you it was a, it was the most unusual happening. Can you believe that? And and at one point we were invited because asked a general over in Germany after the war, and so we were invited to come and border up near where Hitler came from, on like Gebelstadt or something. So okay, with the whole cast of some of our writers. We all fly to Germany, get on helicopters, go up in the mountain to Gebelstadt, where the U.S. infantry was, doing war games up there. And here comes the whole cast of Happy Days. <laughs> you know, and we're, and, and across no man's land, you can see the Russians watching us from, with their field glasses. And they, you know, everybody said, don't do anything to get, that Russian boy in trouble over over there watching us. But can you believe that? So we would, uh, as the mother, I would hug all these soldiers. They're all lined up, you know, for drill. They can't make a move. Here comes the whole cast of Happy Days, and I and I'm the mother. I'm hugging all these boys. <laughs> we've what wonderful experiences we've had. Yeah, that's great, because it always seemed like you guys were extremely close, and I'm glad you're still close all these years. Are, well, you, su are you surprised, like, Ron has become such a, like, uh, fantastic director? Uh, yes. yes, yes, I think. We all, we, we all knew that he wanted to be a director, and we all knew he would do well, but my gosh, to become top of the heap is pretty good. Huh? We're tremendously proud of him, tremendously. Yeah, yeah. And, and Bryce also now, all the Jurassic World movies, she, she's super... Uh, up there now, too. That's right. So there you've got a young movie star. Now, Ron's son decided he wanted to become a professional golfer. Okay. So that's what, what I'm trying to think what is. Reed, Reed, his son Reed is a golfer. Right. And like you, you mentioned your kids earlier, um, your, your daughter wrote for Friends, uh, your son, who I'm, I'm actually a big fan of your son. He's a great impressionist. Uh, you can actually see him now, which my son's favorite commercial is the one your son is in playing George Washington oh, yes. in the Geico oh, commercial. Yes. Oh, really? That's, yes, that's my son, Jim. Yeah. Well, how old, is, how old is your son? My son's 13, and I had no idea that was your son. So when I found out, I told, I told my son, I'm interviewing his mother, and he got so excited. And also... <laughs> right, my son, is, my son is very creative, and I, I must say... Uh, when I, as a mother, I, like if it was time for Jim to go to bed and he just started a big art project, you know, going to draw, draw something, make something, I, I wouldn't say he had to go to bed. I, I never want to break anybody's creative moment. Right. So I would, I would go and make some cocoa and, and uh, keep him encouraged, you know? Yeah. So you can tell your son that. You oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, he knows you from SpongeBob, Grandma Squarepants. So. I guess, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Who could? Yeah. Well, is your son is your son going to be an actor? Um. Well, he's he's certainly a character right now. So, <laughs> um. I, I, like like we said now before. Why, uh, why, 
Why is he in a cast? Oh no, I'm just joking. He's you know he's he, he he's a, he's a clown. You know he's a character, but um, he's okay. he can be whatever he wants. Like we talked about before, we're not going to stand in his way, whatever his dream is. Totally. Well, that's that's the way my mother raised me. You can be anything, you know. Right. And uh, and I, I have occasionally, to. Yeah. I meet people who weren't raised that way. Right. You know? And I have to talk about because um, when I first saw Brooklyn Bridge. I, I really thought you were Jewish, and oh. <laughs> yeah, you, you did you did such a good job on, on that show, and you know it's a shame that it's like so short lived and it's kind of like you know forgotten about. But uh, was the creator of Family Ties did the show, and you're my, you're my favorite person who's ever interviewed me. You know you're saying all these wonderful things. I love that. I I love Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, and, and for me to get that part, you know. Irish American girl right. that I am. I mean, Scotch Irish. Uh, it took forever auditioning to get that part. But Gary Goldberg. Uh, there was always some wonderful Jewish actress from New York who wanted to, to try out for it, and uh, I finally got it. Yeah, and I, I love the stories. How in, in the book you talked about going to Cantor's and studying, you know, the deli and studying you know, all, all the Jewish people coming in there. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I said, I went, I don't know if it's in the book, but one time I went up to this woman in a, a store and I said, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? I said, oh, I would love to be Jewish. And she staggered back. And she said, uh, no one has ever said that to me before, you know. So yeah. it was. I I would just stop up. I would say to my husband, "Take me, uh, 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 take me down to this, uh, down to this in Hollywood. There was a Jewish grocery store, and I would I wanted to go there because I I look at those women, uh, the way they would take a chicken and turn it inside out and look at it, and I would look at that. I would learn so much from them. I love that. Yeah, and as someone who who is Jewish, you absolutely nailed the role. So that was that was great. Yeah, but Marion, thank you for a few minutes today. Everyone, go check out her memoirs, My Days, Happy and Otherwise. Marion, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. I've had a wonderful time talking to you. Thank you so much, my darling. Bye bye. <laughs> And a special thanks to Marion for joining us today. Go check out her memoirs, My Days, Happy and Otherwise. Like I said, the audiobook is great. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first Noel 19 Be sure to like the page We're Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. You can check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. You can find the show on Podbean. You can find the show on SoundCloud. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Living My Youth real soon. <laughs>